Welcome to Faith Church Online. Thank you so much for checking us out. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. I, I get to talk to you this morning about mon- money, right? Which is really awkward as the pastor, right? Because basically we all switch off, don't you? Because like he's just going to tell us we have to give church all our money. And if we don't, we're not going to get blessed. Amen? Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to tell you about my private jet. No, nothing to do with that. I wouldn't even want a private jet. I'd never cap a van or a, a new surfboard, but anyway. But I, I just wanted to share. I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I want to share you mine and Helen's financial journey. That's my wife, by the way. <laughs> the best looking woman in the house. She's going to tell me off when we have Sunday lunch now. Um, I just want to share with you, because uh, we're doing a series, for those of you who haven't been with us for a while, you can get it on our podcast about well-being and just talking practically about what it is to be Christians and to live a balanced and well life. So we've talked about, what have we talked about? We've talked about mental health. We've talked about well-being. Last week, Ben talk, talked about fitness. I was away, but apparently it was good. So if you, Ben is a fitness ed, um, trainer, so the, the, the thing is, he's not here today, right? If you're around Ben and you see him eating a McDonald's or anything, take a photo. <laughs> because apparently he shamed Rich for eating a McDonald's, didn't he? So we just want to help Rich out on that one. <laughs> and then to this, today we're going to talk about money. Because um, statistically, uh, most arguments in a relationship start to do with money. I, I never argue with my wife, so it's not an issue for me. Um, <laughs> Lying might be, but anyway. Um, But money is the number one cause of a lot of stress and anxiety for for all of humanity, uh, or the Western humanity. Uh, So I think it's important that we have a biblical understanding on it. And I'm just going to share from my heart. I don't have a deep, I don't have a theology I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you how it works for me and Helen, uh, and, and take it away. Pray about it and apply it to your life if you think it does. If it doesn't, you're just going to be bored for the next 35 minutes. But anyway, amen. You know, when it comes to finances, we have an amazing opportunity to partner with God. Um, It's one of the areas in the Bible where, where it actually says, test me in this, that God says, Come on board with me financially and test me and see what I do. You know, uh, Isaiah 45, 2-3 says, I will go before you and I will make the crooked places straight. I will break into pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I am the Lord who called you by name. I am the God of Israel. There's a promise to us that if we get on board with God, he will bust open things financially, emotionally, spiritually that we can never do on our own. Isn't that cool? Okay. Well, I'm excited. Proverbs 3, 9, 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You know, um. I love the fact that there is so much promises in, in the Bible uh, about what would happen if we put God in charge of our finances. Uh, but for me, it hasn't necessarily been about money when it comes to my finances. It's been about submission and recognition of who God is. Uh, you know, I've been married 20 years this August. We've been together 24 years. And uh, we got married when we were both students. I was a student nurse, and Helen was a student teacher at Killian University. And um, 
By the grace of God and help from some family members, we managed to buy a flat for £20,000. We should have kept that place. Flipping heck. We would have made some money. But anyway, we didn't. We sold it after three years. But... But we were married, and we didn't have a big budget. We didn't have lots of money, you know. Uh, I've been married 20 years, and I still yet haven't bought a brand new TV. Um, that's a kind of a grace on my life to be given TVs. So if you want a new TV, hang around me. Um, uh, I wish it was other things, but anyway. But we, we, were, married, we were married. We didn't have any money. And um, we, we employed this uh, simple techniques, you know. of uh, I remember that guy from Care for the Family calls it the cup technique. So basically, we knew how much money we got paid each month, and we would divide it up into different amounts and put it in cups in the cupboard. And uh, so this would be the amount for bills. This would be about amount for shopping. This would be the amount for this. And it would be all lined out and organized in our little way. And we used to have this little white book, didn't we? Do you remember that? We used to write things down, our little budget and that in our, our kind of dysfunctional little way as a little couple. Uh, and we used to be, be like, do the best we could with the little we have. And it was amazing to see what God did when we applied wisdom, the amount, small amount of wisdom that we had to our finances that we never went out without. We never missed a mortgage payment. We never, write, you know, the car always got fixed and we always got through. Luke 16, 11 says, so if you're trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will, if you're not trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? You know, if we can handle our personal finances, whatever our budget is, God can open up his spiritual finances. Amen? I think, I think what the problem is, a lot of us are praying for God to drop a big fat check into our wallet. And God says, I'm not dropping any money into that because it's a complete disaster. So sort it out and then I can put money in. You know, that's true. You know, it's true with our church. The more financially organized we've come, the bigger amount of money that God has dropped into it. You know, Tim runs our finances. And, yeah, give Tim a round of applause. <laughs> Tim and his, his wife, Claire, like, unbelievable. But we're trying to make the basket big enough and secure enough that God can bless it. We're not saying God bless it. We're trying to put the process in place for God to bless. So if you're financially struggling here this morning, the first thing you want to do is go and see Tim after the meeting and ask him for some wisdom. And he'll probably do a fancy spreadsheet that flashes and does all funny numbers at you. Um, but he'll get you organized. You know, right from the very first days that we were married, tithing was a priority for us. We, we never set our finances up and then got to the end of paying everything and said, now is there enough money to tithe? That's never been our mentality. Our mentality has always been we will tithe and then whatever's left we will live on. Let me tell you, when you're a student, that's painful. You know, that's like two cans of Stella on the... I'm not allowed to talk about it. But do you know what I mean? That's painful. That's, you know, the budget peanuts instead of the posh peanuts, you know. That's one surf trip instead of three surf trips in a week. But, but we've, we've never given God what's last. We've always given God what's first. We've always said we will go without Sky TV. We'll go without whatever it might be because we want to tie first. We want to give into God's house first. We want to be partnering with him and what he's doing in our local church. 
uh, and so that was our, that's always been our heart. That comes first. And then out of that, for some crazy reason, the rest of it adds up. The times that we haven't is the times it hasn't added up. You know, Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. You know, and the great thing that, that I've found on, on my journey of faith is the great thing about tithing is it focuses me. There's nothing more, you know, I was just uh, I was just thinking about this the other day, and I, and I worked out how much I tithe at the moment, and I'm like, that's, that's a new surfboard and a holiday. Ouch. So, you know, do you know what I mean? But tithing makes me focus on my finances. So if... If God never drops a big fat check through my door, whatever, I'm still thankful the fact that I tithe makes me examine what I'm doing with every part of my money. Because it focuses me on what I'm doing. It focuses me on my budget. It focuses me on where I'm spending my money. And it's funny when you start to focus on your money, you realize how much you waste. Everybody's laughing. The second thing that, that, that tithing has done in, in my life is it's made God real. So why do I give? I give, like, I give 10% of my wage to the church, right? And not just because I'm the pastor, but that is a site benefit. But anyway, that's every church I've been in. But, but it's the weirdest thing. If you went to your mate on Monday morning and he said, yeah, I give, I give you know, 10% of my wage to the church. And they're like, well, flip net, that club's expensive. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could get a membership down the social club for far less than that. And um, it's probably open more. And you, you know, I mean, like, it doesn't make sense, does it? Does it? Uh, in a practical, in a worldly sense, it doesn't make sense. So it's for me to tithe, I have to trust that God is who God is. I have to trust that I'm not just putting money in a basket that gets passed back and take a chocolate and it goes off into the abyss. I'm not, I have to trust that I'm sowing money into the church, which is God's plan for humanity, and that God will have me covered for the sacrifice I make, and God will do something with my small seed when it goes into the church's bucket, and there will be wisdom within the church so that I get spent well. I have to believe that God is real. It forces me to evaluate that. It forces me every day, every month that I get paid, the first of the month when my paycheck comes through, it forces me to say, God, you are real, therefore I'm tithing. That's the great thing about it. If you're not tithing, you haven't kind of got that waypoint in your month that makes you, okay, God, you're real. Okay, God, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to trust you for the outstanding bills for this month. Okay, I'm going to thrive this month. I'm going to trust you for the holiday. I'm going to trust you for those things. You know, tithing is the best way to learn about faith. When we were at Bible college, um, uh, I remember the, the church said, oh, Mike, we want to send you to Bible college. Um, we think you'd, be, you'd make a good pastor. And I was like, oh, great. So I did some extra shifts, and I saved up enough money for the first two weeks of Bible college, thinking, that's great. The church will probably have an offering, and they'll give me like 20 grand or something, you know. It's quite well off church. There's some, you know, some big, well, you know, well-paid people. It's, it's going to be all covered. I went to my pastor. I was like, ah, oh, I'm making this big, massive sacrifice. I'm off to Bible college, taking all my family. 
And uh, I said, I've only got enough money for two weeks, thinking I'd just give it a little bit of a pause. And he'll go in the top drawer of his desk and just pull out the envelope, and then it would be sweet for the year. He said, oh, that's really great. I said, yeah, it is. Wait a bit longer. Yeah, that's, that's really great. Now you're going to learn to live by faith. I was like, you must be joking. He probably just hasn't written the check. He's like, no, no, no. You're really going to have to trust God now. I was like, I've got two kids and one on the way, mate. That's not the right answer. The right answer is we've had a whip round. Here's some money. That's the right answer. Do you want to rethink it? Do you know what I mean? Do you want to rethink this whole kind of Bible college thing? Because right now it's not working out how I felt. He said, no, no, no. You are going to have the biggest faith journey you ever wanted. So I went to see Bruce Monk, who runs our movement, and thinking, don't worry, the movement will give me some money. He's like, yeah. Really don't want to rob you of your faith adventure. I was like, both of you are idiots. You tell me you're apostles, and you definitely are not hearing from God. Well, we went. We went on this journey. We went on this journey. We packed up our young family. We moved from, we were living in New Zealand. We, bought, we moved from Wellington all the way up to Auckland with enough money for two weeks. And I said, God, if this is you, I'm, I've tied faithfully. I've trusted you with my finances. If this is your will, somehow you have to make this work. Because right now the numbers don't add up. I worked two night shifts in A&E. That bought enough money, but it didn't give us enough. And then young Jacob came along. He was born. And uh, uh, it was quite funny. I was at Bible college. And the, the guys in my Bible college class used to say, I'm fasting today. I was like, you're not fasting. You've just ran out of money for food. So don't, don't spiritualize it. Go and get yourselves a budget. But anyway. Because, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. I remember um, Jacob was born. And I, I've told the church here, but I'll tell the visitors. You can just pretend you've heard it. I haven't heard it before. Um, I remember I had enough money to either put petrol in the car to go and see Helen and the baby or to buy food. And I was like, this is great. A defining moment. I've to see my new son, and I've got a choice. So I say, God, uh, I'm going to go see the baby. I'm going to go see Helen. I said, I'm trusting you that we've got enough money to feed the kids. Uh, and I remember, I think me and Amber, she was, must have been about two and a half, I don't know, three, four. I don't know. How old was you? In, in, about 16. Um, <laughs> she was small for age. <laughs> I remember we had a little prayer, and we, we went off on our little rookety van, and we went to the hospital, and we saw the baby. And it was, oh, cool, all that kind of stuff. And I remember coming home and saying, God, hey, look, it's, it's your problem now. You know, I've been faithful with my finances, the food this week. I, I haven't got anything. I've done the best I can. I, I've typed. I've trusted you. The budget, you know the budget. We're going to have to eat crackers and noodles for the week or something. I don't know. I have to go and catch a, a rat and do bear grills or something, <laughs> which actually might be quite cool. And I remember coming back home, and we, we drove down the drive, and we had this sharp bend. And I turned around the sharp bend, and I remember the kids going, Daddy, there's something on the doorstep. I was like, yes, the rat from heaven. <laughs> Mano with a tail. <laughs> and um, pulled up, and the doorstep was covered in shopping. Not just the basics, like chocolate, a couple of bottles of wine, nice food. And God says, I got you covered. I got you covered. If it hadn't had turned up, God's still God. I still would have loved him. I still would have trusted him. But God turned up in that moment and provided something for my family that made my, my tithing become real. Do you know what I mean? You know, and there's been moments where I pray to God and I'm like, God, I need a financial miracle. I need the big fat check. And God says, no, you don't. You just need to manage what you got in your pocket. 
I'm not giving you another penny till you sort out your finances, till you chop up that credit card, till you cancellate that gym membership. And I'm like, okay, there's my financial miracle right there. Amen? Financial freedom takes time. Financial freedom in God, I think, is not a quick fix. It's not a microwave. It's more like someone said, a, a crock pot. A great pot of stew that brews on the side. You know, at the age of, of 20, my, 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 the blessings from God that came into my life were someone giving me a five or someone giving me a tenner and those kind of things. You know, and I wanted way more than that, but God says you're not ready for that, you know. But as I've gone on my years of faithfulness with my financing, trusting God, giving my tithes, giving over and above, and being a conduit for God to bless the people in my world, God says, now I can drop big checks in your family. We've just bought a house, well, three years ago, not just. Uh, came back from New Zealand, had no money for a deposit on a house, went to look at a house, and the lady says, you could buy this, you just need £10,000 or whatever it was for the deposit. And we were like, that's a really great idea. We, we went home to our rental house thinking, what a great dream. We'll, we'll worry about buying that house in three or four years' time. A friend from Bristol who's a dairy farmer rings me up and says, I've just found £10,000 in a bank account I didn't know I had. And God's told me to give it to you to buy a house. I was like, one, how do you lose £10,000? Because I would never, ever lose 10,000 pounds. I would know exactly where that is. So you must be loaded, mate. <laughs> so you sure it's 10,000 pounds enough? No, anyway. Um, but he, you know what I mean? But, but at 20, I wanted the 10,000 pound miracle. But God says, no, you have to have the five pound one. Because you haven't yet gone on the journey of spiritual maturity in your finances. I can drop the 10 grand one. I'm praying for the hundred grand. I'm praying that God drops a million pound into this church so we can buy this building, fix the roof, and do all that we need. Because I feel that I'm a person that's able with Tim and with Rich and with Lewis on board that God can do that now. But it's not a quick fix thing. At 20, I couldn't handle that. But at 20, I had to get things sorted. I had to get my association with money sorted. I had to get my life sorted. I get my processes sorted. I had to start tithing regularly. I had to know what it is. So God says, now I can bless you. It's not a quick fix. You know, I, I, I'm so sorry if you're into the prosperity gospel. My personal opinion is you've been had. I don't ever give because I think God's, do you know what I mean? I give because I love. I give because why wouldn't I want to partner with the one thing that will change the world and that's God's church? Why wouldn't I want to give as much money as I can into that? The bonus of that is that God blesses me, but that's not my focus. My focus is I get to partner with him. You don't spend 13 years working in A&E, putting people in body bags, thinking there must be an answer to this, not to want to invest every bit of money you got into it. You know, the great thing about God is he doesn't forget your sacrifices. In, in 2000, I think it was about 2006, we sold our house here, and we were living in New Zealand. We sold our house here um, in Wales, and uh, we were at a conference, and, and they, they, wanted, they were asking for some money to go into the conference fund for a church planting fund or whatever. And I said, Helen, we're going to tithe on the money we've made on our house. It was about six or seven thousand pounds. I was like, 
I didn't actually tell her, I don't think. I think I just went down the front and put the money in the thing and then came back and she's like, you've just given away all the money. I was like, yeah, okay. She said, yeah, we, we did agree on it. Um, but we sowed into something that meant in 2015 when we wanted a house, God says you were faithful when you had your money for your house, therefore I'll be faithful to you again. That makes sense? Quick fix, microwave church says, well, I sowed. I put my tithes in on Sunday, so Monday you need to sort out. And God says, hey, sometimes these are time things. Don't forget I see everything. Don't forget I see every sacrifice. I saw that, that fiber that you put in when you can. I've got to see it. When the right time is, I'll open up the heavens on you. Just trust me. Just trust me. My time is perfect. It's not my timing. It's God's timing. Amen. I hope I'm not kind of scaring you. Are you all still with me? That's good, about four of you are with me, so that's good. It's better than normal, so I paid those four people 20 pounds to say that as well, so that's good. You know, I think one of the issues that we have and I struggle with in Wales is, is that we have a poverty mentality. Is that, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily, all of us come from affluent backgrounds, from, from, from places that have lots of money. We walk down the streets and we can, it's not far to go and find poverty in Wales, is it? You know, and, and I think the problem is that is that's kind of coming to the church. And, and we're a little bit fearful when it comes to money. But, and, 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 you know, to be abundant with your money isn't necessarily about spending lots of money. You know, I, I can break the poverty mentality over my life with little amounts of money. It's about having a generous, generous soul. It's about saying, okay, God, I can't take someone out for a meal, but I can invite them into my house and I can put a barbecue on. I can put something in my budget that means my finances can be a blessing to someone. It, it might be the fact that you turn up at someone's house with one bag of shopping which transforms their life. But because we have this poverty mentality in Wales, we're like, oh, we can't do that. God knows my situation. God knows your situation, but God wants you to know his miracle working power when you step out and do something. We, we've done this thing a few times as, 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 as the kids, as the family, as we walk around Asda's stalking someone. Honestly, it's legit. Now, walk around Asda's or wherever it is, the supermarket, and that's so got like, it's really been really hard, but God says, like, I want you to pay for somebody's shopping. I was like, okay, don't choose someone with a trolley. Choose someone with a basket. <laughs> or with nothing because they can only get about three items in their arms. That's my poverty mentality, see? When the reality says, God, if you've told me to bless someone, God, you've got to give me the money to pay the bill. Um, we've been in, this, in, the, in the queue. We, we haven't done it for a while. We should do it again, actually. God, I've just challenged myself now publicly. <laughs> but I remember we were in Asda's down in Dufferin, and we were in the queue, and there was this lady buying her shopping, and I was like, oh, God was like, you've got to pay for it. I was like, this is just really, really weird. By the way, I'm going to pay for your shopping. Like it's not, and, and, I, and I said it, and the lady was like, what did you say? I said, look, she's not paying, I'm paying. And she's like, first she was a bit offended. I was like, no, no, no. All I want to say is be blessed. And I paid it. She's like, I run the local chip shop. Come and have a bag of chips. I was like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> God is real. <laughs> right there. No, wait, wait. But we, we, we paid for this lady's shopping, and we didn't have the money to pay for the lady's shopping. 
But I just want to say, God, I trust you. And if this is something that I can bring your love to world, to a people that don't even know you by saying, Jesus loves you, I've paid it. She cried. The cashier cried. I didn't cry because I'm tough. I don't know. I did. We all cried. I paid the bill. And she, I don't know where she is. She's not in this church. I don't know where she is. But she has a thing in her story where this bold-headed guy paid her shopping and told her Jesus loved her. I get to do those things because I've set up my finances so I tithe, I budget. And there's a bit of money and I save. I save a little bit of money. Whatever budget you're on, you can save. If you're on a low income, the government do this amazing saving scheme that if you put money in and you leave it for two years, they give you 50% extra on top. It's out there. Probably Phil could tell you about that in Citizens Advice. So you can save. But then we try and bless. I don't want to be the guy that when someone buys a round or buys a coffee that I shied back into them. I want to be one that stepped forward. I got this. I, I want to be the one that when it comes to buying, I'll, I'll buy this. Because I don't want to be poor. I want to be wise. I want to be sensible. I want to live within my means. But I want to have a space in my budget that I can express the love to the community and the friends around me by being generous with what I got. You know, we never had much growing up as kids. My dad worked hard and we never had a lot of money, but mum and dad had a lot of love. They showed their abundance through loving people, through inviting them into our house. We always took someone on holiday with us. We always had some random person with us on our holiday that mum and dad had invited. And dad would do extra shifts so that we could pay for someone to come on holiday with us. Sometimes it was nice to go on holiday on our own, but anyway. But that was my family makeup, is that we always did actually, you know, I've always tried that when I get blessed, that I take some of that blessing and I say, God, where can I sow that into someone? I've actually been blessed sometimes and God's given me like a thousand pounds, 500 quid, and I've not kept it. I've just given it straight away. I've actually prayed as well and said, God, that person needs money. Can you give it to me so I can give it to them? And I've said, God, use me as a conduit. Not so I get glorified, just so that I can, you know, there's no, so I can see them open it and see God touch them when they open it and they have their miracle. Tithing's not about becoming rich. It's not about having a private jet. It's not about having a three-figure, it's not about that. Tithing's about acknowledging that God is your Lord and Savior that he has you covered. Tithing is about understanding what it is to have faith. Because Christianity without faith is just religion and it's boring. Tithing is about making yourself a place so God can drop his finances in so that you can be a blessing to the world you live in. You know, there's enough. I don't know. I just think if we can, as a, we have this thing in our, our church set of values called outrageous generosity. What would it look like if the 70, 80 people here this morning embraced that? And that people knew that church was a place of outrageous generosity. That if you came, that we would be prayerful about what needs we can meet financially, emotionally, physically. And that we could be a conduit for God to bless. Amen. You know, tithing is... 
tithing asks me the question, do I really trust God? Do you really trust God, Mike, with your family, with your future, with your destiny? Every month, first of the month, do you really trust me? Yes, I do. Into your house, God. You've got me covered. If that's all it does, that's the best thing that could ever happen to me. But I believe in a God that has done things that are abundantly. Do you want me to pose for the photo? (laughs) Hashtag Mike Taylor. (laughs) Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray. I think there's been lies spoken over people's house, people's lives and their houses in this place that they will always be poor. Mum and dad never have any money, so I'm never going to have any money. Mum and dad always struggle, so I'm going to struggle. Let me tell you, I believe in a God that, yes, there are times of struggling, but there are also times that I don't struggle on my own. Because sometimes in my times of financial struggle is when I've been the closest to God. He's like, I got you covered, Mike. I got the shopping when you get back from picking up your baby son. I've got the wage covered when you go to Bible college. I've got the house that you want covered. I've got the future house that we want. My wife's praying for a four-bedroom house, and I'm praying for a big shed. God's got it covered because he knows that, you know, I prayed I wanted a camper van. I wanted a Mercedes Sprinter, long wheelbase. I now drive one. Because God knows that's what I wanted. God knows that I'm a faithful servant. So God's put a Mercedes Sprinter on my drive that doesn't fit. But anyway. I want to break the lie of your life that God says you'll never have any money. I want to break the lie of your life that says you cannot manage finances. Let me tell you, with God, you can manage finances because he'll put people in your world that can help you. God can turn your business around by making you be in church that bumps into a Christian businessman. Students, God can get you through your student education and provide every need that you need. God can teach you financial skills through the power of his Holy Spirit. So let's just close our eyes. If you're here this morning and you spend more time thinking about finances than you do thinking about God, I want to pray that the devil gets off your case. I want to to pray that right now in a moment when we pray as a community that you stop thinking about finances and start thinking about who God is. That you start thinking that, okay, God, you said you got a thousand cows and a thousand hills. I don't want a cow, but 10 pounds would be nice. I want to pray that today your association with money would change from a negative one to a healthy one. I want to change that Monday morning or even after this when you drink coffee, you would bump into someone who can give you the financial advice you need. I want to pray for anybody here that needs a job that somehow God will work something out. I, I want to pray where people have got fear because they're worried about whether ends will meet, that they will say, a whisper in the ear that God will say, I love you and I'm faithful.
and I've got you covered. I, I want people here that are single moms, single dads, that God says, I've got you covered, and I've got the kids sorted. Don't worry, I'm with you. The shoes they need are coming. Hey, thanks again for checking out Faith Church Online. We'd love it if you could subscribe to be notified when we release a new podcast. You can find out more of what's happening by going to at Faith Church Wales on social media or by heading to faithchurch.wales.